I decided to mix things up today. I thought I'd switch up the intro. Um, if you have never listened to an episode before, then go back and listen to it to see the crazy change where I decided to have the music first instead of my voice. Anyway, welcome back to my loyal listeners and hello to you if we are meeting for the first time. My name is Inez Bai. I am the host of this podcast and I talk about all things body image, mindset, nutrition, self-love, self-care, all of the juicy topics. And today I'm going to be spilling the tea, as I like to say, on what it's really like to experience food freedom. And I'm going to be giving you my top 10 tips. I'm going to be dispelling some myths around what food freedom actually means and what it means to be like in touch with your body and to eat intuitively and what looking, what eating like that actually feels like. You know what I mean? I feel like there's so much talk about it on social media and all over the gram, especially. So I thought I would give you like a bit of a framework for how you can actually experience food freedom and know whether or not you're doing it right or wrong. Even though I want to stress right from the get-go that there is no right or wrong, there's no bad or good in reality. Like I think we really cling onto binary binary labels so much because we feel like that gives us a sense of control, but in reality, we don't control anything. So before I go down an existential crisis, let's get stuck into today's actual topic, which is my 10 top tips on food freedom. So number one is the concept of unconditional permission to eat food. So I always remember reading about this early on in my healing, my relationship with food. Again, those of you that don't know my background, I struggled with disordered eating, being stuck in like a binge restrict cycle for, you know, from the ages of like 10 to pretty much 23. So quite a long time in my life. I always heard this idea of like, don't restrict or make sure you're allowing yourself food or allowing yourself treats and that will stop you from binging. And I thought that I was like, I thought by every now and again, having an ice cream or, you know, when I would have my binges, of course, then I would not be eating like carrots. I'd literally be eating like chips and chocolates till I was so full I couldn't move. But I thought, okay, well, I am actually allowing myself to eat those foods every now and again. And I, the thought of actually giving myself unconditional permission to eat those foods whenever I wanted felt so overwhelming that I couldn't actually grasp why that would be necessary in order to firstly feel good in my body and secondly, have a good relationship with food and be eating nutritious foods. Like I was like, surely that will mean that I'm just going to be eating pizza all the time or that I'll just, you know, drink really sugary drinks. I don't even drink sugary drinks. I don't know why I'm saying that. Or like, I'll just eat lollies all the time or just snack uncontrollably. And something that I speak about a lot on this podcast and with my clients all the time is that when you do first start to like lift the veil on your relationship with food and the rules that you have around it, food seems to be more magical and alluring. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I ever restricted myself. And you feel like all you can do is eat and eat and eat because you've been restricting yourself for so long. But what eventually happens is that when you are ruthless with giving yourself unconditional permission to eat food is that food loses its shine a little bit and it doesn't become as interesting anymore because you're not holding yourself back from eating that food all the time. And you know that you're allowed to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. So it means that you actually start to develop a bit more of an intuition in your body. You start to understand what you actually want and how you actually want to feel and how your eating habits can reflect that. So like I said, it's so normal to go through that wave of eating more food of 
of feeling more hungry because you've not given yourself the ability to do that for so long. And it's so important to just like see that wave through because on the other end of that, you will lose interest in food. You can still love food and still be excited by eating food, but it also won't be like the only thing that you think about all day, every day, because you know that it's safe to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. The second top tip is that you do not have to finish everything that's on your plate. I know for me, this is something that has stemmed from my childhood because when I was growing up, I would not be allowed to leave the table until I ate all of the food, all of my vegetables, and I would have to ask my parents, thank you, I've had enough. Although I used to say this in German, so it's kind of weird for me to translate this because I grew up in Switzerland. My first language was actually Swiss German. And when I say I grew up in, in, I grew up in Switzerland, but we left and we came here when I was three. Wow, I'm, I'm a little bit all over the place, but it's fine. We'll get in the flow. It's cool. It's cool. I, I um, was born in Switzerland and I spoke Swiss German was my first ever language. And I didn't learn English until I was about four or five. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is that my parents would make me say it in German to kind of keep the culture alive, which at the time I hated. But now I'm really grateful because that means that I can still scrape together some German sentences. I would have to say, thank you. I've had enough. Can I please stand up? And I could only say that once I'd finished all of the food on the table. Now, obviously, I'm not blaming my parents. It's not their fault. They did the best that they could at the time. And they were doing that from a place of like love and care and making sure that I was getting nourishment. However, what that kind of enforced in my mind was that you have to finish everything that's on your plate. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get up or we always hear this. We used to always hear this idea that like, what about the starving kids in Africa? Like they don't get that food. So you should be grateful. So eat it. And one of my biggest realizations that I had when I was actually reading um, Breaking Free from Binge Eating by Janine Roth, an incredible resource for those of you, it's a book, for those of you that are struggling with binge eating, was that she speaks about food being wasted. It's either going to be wasted by going in your body or in the bin. And when I read that, it kind of just gave me the permission that I needed to be like, it's okay to not always finish everything that's on the plate. And if I don't feel like eating something, it's also okay to change it up. And this is something that I'll speak about a little bit later on. But basically, whenever you go out, you do not have to finish food on the plate. You do not have to make yourself feel guilty for leaving food on the plate. And if you look at someone that does have a really healthy relationship with food, they'll just stop eating and won't think about it again. And this comes back to the first point as well. If you know that you're safe to go out for food again and say you've gone out to get like, I don't know, chicken and chips. And that used to be a really big trigger for me because I would only allow myself to do that very occasionally because I would like I perceived that food as being really unhealthy and really bad, which like obviously if you're eating it all the time and in excess, it's not going to be super healthy for you. But in moderation and if you give yourself that unconditional permission to eat it, it now means that I can eat that food, leave it when I don't feel when I feel full, like leave leftover stuff there because I know that next weekend I might go and have it again. And it really just helps me to feel safe leaving food on the plate. So that's something that I really want to couple with the first tip that, yes, you can have unconditional permission to eat food and all of the foods and anything that you want, but it's also so fine and you're not wasting food and it's not something that you need to feel guilty about to leave food on the plate, whether it be at home, whether it be out at restaurants, it's also okay to say no when you're out at like catering events, like just say, oh no, not now, or I'll have some later, or just what's really helpful is to have some like pre-prepared phrases to respond back to if someone is offering food, because a lot of the time we enter these 
situations, whether it be at our family house or at events or, um, I don't know, just at a friend's house and we don't know how to say no and it's just easier to say yes because we've been conditioned to please other people and not make other people feel uncomfortable. So we just say yes even without even checking with our bodies if that's what we truly want. So I would practice even now writing down a couple of phrases that you can respond to that uh, make you feel comfortable in saying no or just being like, oh, I might have some later or not right now, thank you or thank you so much for offering me but I'm actually full and I might have some later. Like whatever makes you feel comfortable, you can say straight up no, but sometimes I find that can be a little bit confronting if you're someone that is a recovering people pleaser and is always saying yes. Number three. Three is also my favorite number. And this tip is that you will still sometimes overeat, even if you feel like you have a really healthy relationship with food and you've been doing really well with listening to your body and you're leaving food on the plate and you're giving yourself unconditional permission to eat food. You feel like you're doing all the right things. You will still overeat, even to the point of feeling sick and having to unbutton your top jeans. This is actually really, really normal. Like, obviously, you don't want to be doing that every single night. But, you know, every now and again, every single person on this planet will overeat. And it's not something to be embarrassed about. It's not something to be ashamed about. It's obviously a really privileged position to be in, of course. And I just want to kind of acknowledge that because I know, you know, not everyone is going to be able to afford to be able to do that or be in a position to do that. However, it's also not something to beat yourself up about and it's a normal part of life and it is normal sometimes to emotionally eat. It's normal sometimes to overeat just because the food is so delicious and your mum's cooked a special dish that she hasn't cooked for ages and you just can't get enough of it and you just want to eat more of it. That's normal sometimes, okay? So I want you to take the pressure off thinking that in eating intuitively means that you never feel sick or that you never feel like you've overeaten too much and it's not about the one-off times that maybe you know once a week or once a fortnight or once a month whenever it is there's no rules to it you overeat it's not about that time at all but it's more how you choose to respond and I know for me when I was in a really bad place with my relationship with food I would react by um, doing excessive exercising making myself fast for a really long time avoiding carbs because I was like how dare I overeat and the overeating in that instance is not even that bad it's actually the way that I reacted to it so now I choose to respond in a way that reflects my higher self it I always choose to respond in a way that's going to be the most nourishing and for me that's always having a really neutral mindset and literally just continuing on with my eating with my exercising with everything else that I do as if I hadn't even overeaten because that's the best way to just get back on track and when I say back on track it I just more mean like back into my flow back into my element and just feeling normal right there's no need to change anything at all and obviously we know that if you've overeaten and then go into restriction it's going to be setting you up for that cycle to then eat again because restriction you're going to get really hungry and then you're going to overeat because you're so hungry that you can't actually listen to when your body's full and that's what happens when you don't eat when you you're hungry and you wait too long and you get too hungry you overeat always 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 so that's why it's better when you overeat to just go back to eating your regular meals at your regular times and not trying to undereat, not trying to restrict yes you might not be as hungry you might want to leave more food on the plate that's fine too but i urge you to just continue on with your normal routine as much as you can and then number four, on the flip side of this, sometimes you will forget to eat. When I'm in my flow, when I'm working, when I'm talking to clients, when I'm out all day and I'm just in my element, sometimes it gets to 4 p.m. and I'm like, oh my God, I haven't even had lunch and I'm not even that hungry. Like if I get really excited about something and it doesn't necessarily have to be like 
classically exciting. Like if I get just generally inspired by someone and I'm just like on in the zone, I will forget to eat and it'll get to 4 p.m. and I will probably eat half a bag of chips once that happens. Or and that's fine too. Like however I want to respond is totally my prerogative. Um, but it does happen sometimes, or sometimes in the morning I'll like wake up and do my morning routine and like might start getting stuck into some work stuff and I just get in the flow and I'm having my coffee and obviously that suppresses your appetite a little bit as well, which is not why I drink it. I just I'm obsessed with my almond milk coffee in the morning. And I'll get to like eleven or midday and I'm like, oh my God, I've not eaten food. Again, this is not a reason to stress out. You're not suddenly going to be, you're not like, oh my God, I've been restrictive and now I'm going to overeat. Like, no, just eat what you normally were going to eat. And also it's not going to stop you from achieving your goals. Your metabolism's not going to be ruined from just missing one meal. It is so normal to miss a meal and your body is so much more resilient than that. So again, I urge you to just eat as if you were had, hadn't forgotten the meal. And say, for example, like, for me, something that used to really trip me up was that if I had a later breakfast at like 11 or 12, I was like, well, then I don't need to eat lunch. And it's like, no, because you're still awake for the same amount of time. You're still expending the same amount of energy. So still eat lunch, just eat it a little bit later. Or you might find that you're still hungry at your normal lunchtime. And that's fine. You don't have to wait three hours in between meals. You don't have to have like a certain amount of meals every single day. Just eat what makes you feel good and know that your body will thrive off some sort of routine. So even if you did have your breakfast a little bit later than normal, you're probably still going to be hungry around the same normal time at lunchtime because your body is expecting to be eating food at that time, right? You can train your body to adapt to pretty much anything, but you'll find what makes you feel really, really good. And it's just about having a play around with it and letting yourself find a routine that feels good for you. And if it is a little bit disturbed or interrupted, not beating yourself up about it, not trying to make big changes, just really small changes, seeing what suits you and then just carrying on with your normal routine. Number five, you don't always have to eat what everyone else is eating. Wow, wow, wow. This used to get me so caught up. Like we all have that one friend and not so much anymore. I feel like as you grow older, you kind of don't revolve your um, social circumstances around food. It's probably more around drinking. Anyway, we'll talk about that. And I mean, all of these tips are kind of I mean, some of these tips, not obviously you don't need to give yourself unconditional permission to drink all the time because you don't probably don't need to do that. But some of these tips in terms of like moderation can be really helpful with drinking, obviously. Um, And yeah, so but basically when I was younger, I used to have this one friend that I would snack a lot with. Every time I would go to her house, we would eat heaps of chocolate and heaps of lollies and heaps of chips. And I found it impossible to say no. And once we started snacking, I wouldn't be able to stop snacking either. And this is firstly coming back to this idea of being a people pleaser. Like I was so terrified of disrupting anything that we did or the habits that we had together or the way that we bonded basically by saying no or by suggesting an alternative idea because I thought that if I suggested something else or said no, that she wouldn't want to be my friend anymore, that I just didn't, that I just went along with the flow. But all that led to me was... And this happened when I was quite young, right? Like it wasn't like I was consciously thinking, oh, I'm distrusting my body. Oh, I'm being a people pleaser. Like I'm saying this all with hindsight, which is obviously great for me to know now and I can apply it to my future experiences. But I just, I was obviously not trusting my body because I obviously go into these social situations. Like it's fine to snack, of course, and it's fine to bond over food. And I'm not at all saying that's a bad thing. Like even though I'm saying now as I'm older, I don't snack as often with my friends. We still do. Like I'll still go for ice cream with them or I'll still go out for dinner or those kinds of things. But I just feel like when we were younger, we definitely used to go a little bit more crazy on the snacks. 
But what I will say is that if you are, have a friend that you feel like always drinks a lot with you or only snacks a lot with you or always wants you to eat bad food with them, practice being assertive with love. And again, this is where you can write down some phrases or responses that you want to have. If your friend's like, oh, like, don't be a wet blanket. Like, I want to go out drinking. And you're just like, yeah, you can go out drinking. Like, I'll come with you, but I just don't want to drink tonight because I've got this on or because I want to make sure that I have a good sleep or because I'm just not feeling my best at the moment. And I don't think it's good for me to drink right now. Like, just have a few phrases that you feel comfortable with responding to your friends if they're like, oh, why don't you drink right now? And same with if, you know, you go out and they all are eating ice cream after dinner and I love ice cream but sometimes I just don't feel like it or I don't know I'm too full or whatever it is and it can feel really tempting to just like be a sheep aka follow everyone else and be like well I don't really feel like this but I can eat it so I should and everyone else is eating it and I don't want to look weird you know by saying no and people are going to question me and think that I'm like not fun to be around blah 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 but you can just be like no I don't feel like it and like I know it sounds so simple, but for me, it was such a hard thing to do because I didn't know how to say no. And something that I firmly believe and is really anchored in the coaching that I do and why I coach so holistically is that how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you're not even able to say no and to listen to your body and your intuition in a really safe scenario where it's just like your friends are all getting ice cream, how are you going to say no to things that actually are hurting you? Or how are you going to say no to things that you really don't want? Because obviously, if you're just saying yes to everything, everything that's going to lead to you feeling really burnt out and not going to leave space for the opportunities and the things that are really beneficial for you because you're just saying yes to everything and then you don't have enough energy for the things that are really meant for you. So really, really practice saying no. And I mean, this is actually my point number six, that it takes time to learn how to say no. And basically this is setting up a boundary, right? And if you're someone that doesn't have any boundaries, like I used to be a couple of years ago, like it's only really been in the past year, I would say that I've developed more boundaries around my food, around my body, around the way that people talk to me in relationships, that kind of thing. Because I just thought the more that I could be there for people and the more that I would say yes, and the more that I would offer out into the world, the better. But all that leads to happening is you being taken advantage of because you're not teaching people how to teach, how to respect you, right? If you think about anyone that you really respect, they have their boundaries. They're not always answering their phones. They say yes to certain things and they know when to say no. And this is something that Brene Brown talks about as well, that when we have boundaries, it teaches other people, like it it holds our reservoir of energy so that we have more to give because we are teaching people like where we actually slot in and what we can actually offer rather than just saying yes, yes, yes all the time. And again, getting really burnt out or feeling out of touch with our bodies or get feeling unhealthy or feeling unsatisfied, all of those kinds of things. So just be patient with yourself as you learn how to say no and know that it is a practice and you don't have to outwardly be like, no, I can't believe you'd offer me that or like, no, I'm not having the ice cream. You can just take a step back and be like, oh, I don't really feel like ice cream today and just like honor that. And if you feel uncomfortable, that doesn't mean oftentimes when we feel uncomfortable or we have an emotion in our body that we don't like or that feels low, we want to get rid of it or we want to solve it. So sometimes we think like it, it would be easier just to say yes, because then we would be able to get rid of that emotion. But instead, I urge you to practice a bit of emotional intelligence and notice, oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable by saying no, but it's what my body desires. And I really don't feel like doing this thing. So I'm just going to sit with it and label it like as discomfort and just be like, this is what it feels like. And I don't need to um, take action on it. And I can just, this is a part of me learning how to set my boundaries and it only feels uncomfortable because it's something that I don't often do. And it just takes time. It really does. Number seven is that it really takes time to get back into touch with your body. 
listening to your natural signals after years and years of dieting, of doing hectic workout plans, of just kind of listening to all of the information that's external to you means that you probably are really out of touch with your body and its signals and also your intuition, right? So we can think of your intuition in many different facets of our life, whether it be through our mindset and the choices that we make and the relationships that we engage in. We can also think of it through exercise and eating. Regardless of what lens you view it through, your intuition is like a muscle and it is a feeling and nudges that your body gives you and whispers to you. It's often not that obvious. And so if you're someone that has just completely rejected your intuition in favor of listening to external voices and opinions all the time, or either, or even just being listening to like your ego and your ego is the one that's like trying to keep you safe all the time. And your ego is the voice that tells you, oh, you need to get you need to like, you know, follow along with your friends, but you also need to be skinny because otherwise then people won't like you. And if you don't exercise, then you're not worthy of, you know, love or you're not worthy of kindness or rest today. That's your ego trying to keep you safe because it's trying to make sure that you are worthy. And that version of your ego that I just described that's kind of mean to you is out of balance with your intuition, right? Because you don't trust your intuition because we're not taught how to listen and feel into our bodies at school. Like no one ever taught me how to cope with my emotions or how to manage my mindset or how to have a self-care routine at all. We are all so taught to rationalize everything and be really logical. And when that gets tips too far to one side, then these thoughts become really overwhelming and we can't rationalize everything. So we create reasons that aren't actually there because we are trying to make sense of things, right? So if we balance that egoic mind with like, oh, but I should exercise today with how is my body actually feeling? Then you're going to be able to be like, okay, I'm not feeling like doing a super hectic workout and I'm, you know, I might be about to get my period or I might be already tired or whatever it is. Then you can be like, I'm just going to go for a 45 minute walk. That's when you're balanced versus like an unbalanced ego, which is like, oh my God, I need to exercise today. And if I don't exercise today, I'm going to gain so much weight and I have to exercise until I'm completely burnt out. There's no tapping into what your body actually feels like and what's going to be most beneficial for your body and how you will feel afterwards and how you want to feel afterwards, right? So that's all to say that it's going to be an ongoing journey to listen to your body. And sometimes you're going to make a mistake or you're going to deny your body because you feel like you need to follow the logical thing to do, um, which sometimes is fine. And we obviously need a balance in both of those things, but it's just an ongoing journey. And it's honestly like a muscle listening to your body, tapping back into your intuition. It just takes time to grow stronger, but the more that you practice and the more that you surround yourself with people that are really intuitive, you're going to be able to vibe off that as well. You get to change your mind. This is number eight. Oh my God. This has been such a big journey for me because I really felt like once I committed to something, I had to see it through. And this is important, obviously, in some aspects in our life, but and, and because obviously you don't want to be changing things up all the time because that gets really overwhelming. You get really unsettled. You're losing energy whenever you restart things. However, if something is no longer serving you, if you decide to be vegan for a couple of months and then you feel like you're just not enjoying it anymore or you're just really craving eating animal products, it's okay to change your mind. Let go of the dogma around your eating habits. Let go of the need to fit everything into a nice box and just allow yourself to switch lanes when you decide that you want to do that. And I can so understand the fear around doing that because I think we 
can perceive ourselves as like, oh, I'm giving up because it's too hard or I'm I'm failing at it. Like I'm not good enough to be able to do this thing. And if that's what you believe to be true, then that's how you're going to project that out into the world. And you're going to attract people that also believe that about you and push their projections of their insecurities on you. But if you are so firm and I am changing this because only I know what is right for my body and I'm deciding to do this kind of eating habit for a while and I'm just deciding to eat in this way for a while if you are so firm in that you may still come across people that will have opposing viewpoints but it doesn't matter because you know your body better than anyone else and again if you practice responding to those people that might be like oh I thought you were vegan and now you're not it's like yeah I gave it a go for a while and I still eat mainly plant-based but no I wouldn't call myself vegan anymore that's fine, right? But it's really overwhelming and confronting to try and respond and explain yourself on the spot if you've never given yourself the time to actually explain it to yourself first, right? And that's when we get really triggered and we get really defensive and we start to think, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Maybe I am a failure. Maybe that person is right. How dare I ever call myself a vegan? And we can very quickly go into that spiral, that shame spiral that can be triggered when someone questions our beliefs or questions our actions. So just reminding to yourself and using this affirmation that no one knows my body better than myself and you are allowed to change your mind at any point and if anyone ever questions you it will still sting I'm not gonna lie like it's okay to feel upset and hurt and that you know it happens to me still to this day even though I would say that I've done a lot of work around my relationship with food but you can always respond with this is what's making me happy at the moment and you know I know my body and I'm trusting my body and if they have anything else to argue against that, it just doesn't matter because you can't convince people anyway. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot force it to drink. If you're more responding in that way so that you feel like you're in your power and you're not giving away your power by waiting for them to like validate your choices or to explain your choices for you. Number nine of my top tips for food freedom is food is yum and you get to love it and you get to be excited about it, but it doesn't have to be everything that you think about. Like you don't want to be obsessed with food, right? It's a very fine line by being excited and to love food and to love the experience of going out to like a nice restaurant or trying new places. Those that's so fine and that's so normal and that's healthy, but you don't want to be like dependent on food and food is the only way that I can deal with my emotions and food is the only way that I feel safe or it's the only way that I, yeah, or it's like everything that I think about, right? And so you don't just want to like stop trying to eat food or stop trying to think about food because then you're focusing on what you don't want. So instead, focus on what you do want. You want to have more self-love for yourself? Okay, how can you do that? Maybe it's going for walks. Maybe it's writing affirmations. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's reading positive books or self-help books or whatever it is. And by doing that, you're creating the space to love yourself more, which is what you truly want rather than focusing on, well, I shouldn't be eating food. And then eventually you realize that there are other ways to get the um, feelings that you really crave, right? So it's It's just about allowing yourself to be excited about food, but to not let it be the only thing that you have that excites you and finding other things that excite you. And everyone's always like, I don't know, I don't have any habits. I was going to say habits or hobbies and people get really stressed out about it needing to be like a structured, like I do knitting once a week or I paint and it's this kind of painting. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Like for me, it changes all the time. At the moment I'm doing my hamstring rehab and I'm really enjoying doing sprints, which is something that I haven't done for years. Um, I'm loving reading and listening to audio books, which is amazing. Um, 
And I, I think, you know, that's kind of like my things that I love to do when I'm like relaxing and watching Netflix. And I just love it. Like whatever. Do whatever makes you feel happy. And know again, just going back to point eight, that you get to change your mind as well. And if say, for example, at the moment, I'm really enjoying sprinting, but maybe in a couple of months, I might enjoy doing more yoga. And that's fine. I'll just change. It's no big deal. But it's just about giving yourself other things to focus on so that you are not just relying on food as your only source of entertainment and your emotional clutch. Number 10. When you care less about what you eat, you also feel more relaxed in your body. The more that you can practice this neutral, non-judgmental approach to food, you're not thinking about all of the calories in food, you're not obsessing over whether you've tracked your calories perfectly, you then also start to relax and feel more content in your body because not every single thing that you are doing is working towards a physical body goal, right? The more relaxed you feel around food, the more relaxed you're going to feel in your body and maybe your weight will change. Maybe your body will change. I know for me, my body's absolutely changed in isolation. Of course it has. I'm not lifting as heavy. I'm home more. My, you know, even though I'm, I'm trying to walk as often as I can, but obviously not excessively so because I don't need to like I'm just walking as much as I feel that my body is craving of course my body has changed and that's okay too and I just don't care like I'm still going to enjoy eating food I'm just going to be relaxed and I'm going to trust that once my routine changes that my body will change again as well there is no point in me getting really stressed out about it now because I'm you know there's not much that I can change yes I could maybe have a couple of extra less snacks but like for what so what so I weigh 500 grams less and no one's even going to notice like I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm just ruthlessly at the moment. What my biggest passion is, is to just feel a sense of freedom and liberation in my body. And I'm going to do that by just nourishing myself the best way that I can by cooking myself, loving meals, by leaving food on the plate when I don't feel like finishing foods. And, you know, even today I was like, oh, I had this like salad thing made from yesterday and I was going to have it for lunch today and I decided once I did my workout because I worked out at about midday that I just didn't feel like that and I felt like a wrap and I was like oh but like then what are you gonna have for dinner and like started getting all confused about like oh but I was gonna have the wrap for dinner and now I, I was gonna have the salad and you go into this spiral right and you waste so much energy and I was like just gonna have the wrap and I'll see what I feel like for dinner and it sounds so simple but when you don't have the framework to organize your thoughts like what I used to not have back in the day you just get into the spiral and you don't know, okay, am I listening to my body or should I be having this or am I just being silly and like just all of these thoughts. So just allowing yourself to be relaxed in your food choices. If you get the urge to eat something, follow it. Don't feel like you have to always justify yourself. Okay, to wrap this up, I hope you enjoyed my top tips to food freedom. I think there are a lot of myths around food freedom that you just kind of like glide effortlessly through life and that you don't eat foods that you don't like or that you never overeat or that you never feel full and you're always like eating at a perfect level of moderation. And it's just not true. Don't get so hung up on this idea that like you have to be eating in moderation all the time because in a way that's a level of restriction. Just do your best to give yourself permission to eat the foods that you truly want to eat and know that the more you practice that and the more you kind of let your like loosen the reins around food, the more relaxed you're going to feel in your body, which is going to show in the way that you carry yourself and the energy that you have and the way that you approach life as well. Because if you're constantly trying to cling on to everything all the time, you're constantly going to be really stressed. And that means your body's not going to be functioning normally. And your mind is just going to be running on empty all the time. So just start by implementing one of these things. And I basically just wanted to record this episode episode to give you a really realistic insight into what it feels like from someone like me that's recovered from binge eating that feels totally free around food and 
you know, liberated from her diet um, so that you can hopefully apply some of these lessons into your life. If you are enjoying this podcast, it would be amazing if you could leave a rating and review on the iTunes podcast. I really, really appreciate you doing that. I read all of them and I'm so eternally grateful for each of you for listening. If you would like to find out more about me, come hang out with me on Instagram for daily updates and tips around nutrition and mindset. My handle is Inez Bai and I will leave that linked in the show notes as well. All right, bye.